Okay, so for Germany, uh, here's how we're going to kill it there. This is how we're going to be the greatest comedy that dumb country's ever seen. We're not recording, right? They're not going to hear this, right? Hopefully. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. I can stop it. Well, no, no. Leave it running. Leave it running. I want to use this for my personal. I'm like Nixon. I want to use this for my personal. <laughs> yeah, I don't use this for this your ringtone like Nixon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just someone who sounds like me. Um, okay, so you just kind of do Eddie Murphy raw, but you would adapt it to German culture. Mm-hmm. So you'd get out there in like a red leather suit, which is what Germans just wear when they get home from work. It's the comfy clothes. Yeah. Um, they just love wearing leather jumpsuits, but you get up there and you're like, accountants are really wild nowadays. It's just all the Eddie Murphy stuff, but about different bureaucrats you interact with. <laughs> <laughs> First off, at the very top of the show, I need to issue a uh, I, I need to issue a formal apology. I don't do this very often, but on uh, the most recent episode I was on, I said that rats. I uh, know, sorry, that rabbits were definitively rodents. You fucking idiot! Which uh, I got. You know, I'm learning. I'm You're doing one better. Of the dumbest <laughs> fucking people who's ever done a podcast. I said with extreme How confidence. How do you feed yourself? That honestly, rabbits are rodents because they have the similar sort of like pinchy type teeth. Uh, but apparently, <laughs> they are something called lagomorphs. They're lagomorphs. You sound like lagomorphs. This is literally like Mikey Miles. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing as him. I'm sorry, I got my dick stuck in the toilet lid somehow. I'm learning. That's I, you, dude. I mean, don't let it ever be said that you know I don't respond to constructive criticism or having a conversation Why? or You're doing learn, better. You learn just, your most in your 30s. You know what you do? You just say that you were giving a gift to the audience because there's nothing they like more than correcting us. That's so you true. gave them a little choice. You give them a little chance. They give them a little treat. Is, no, no. There's nothing they like more than being abused. And that's what they're trying to. It's like suicide by cop. When they correct us all the time, they're trying to get us to abuse them. And I'm the only one polite enough to do that. <laughs> Is that why you were banned from Twitter, Will? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yep. Get hate speech off that platform. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, issue, doing, doing rabbit-based threats, uh, harassment of logomorphs. Um, yeah. So uh, we've, uh, we're, we're back, back together. What, what have we been up to? We've been tra- traveling. Oh, you know? We've reassembled. Boy. What's been going on, guys? You know, obviously, Matt- I, got bo- I got bored of learning new languages. Uh, I kind of really got caught up on Japanese during my recovery from my dick reduction surgery. <laughs> Obviously, Matt, Amber, and I were in Los Angeles. Oh, yes. uh, we, we sort of uh, let you in uh, a little bit on that. We recorded with uh, Hassan. That's where I made my idiotic um, rabbit logomorph uh, rodent blunder, which will dollars. probably haunt the show until for years to come. Uh, yeah, we did the, the Joe Dante uh, movie screening, Gremlins 2. It was wonderful. Uh, we have the audio for that, so it'll be a little, little bonus mm. for you. And we're just about to go to Europe. But um, before then... You also uh, went to the Deadwood premiere. Yeah, we talked about that. We, like I said, I, I love you, Ian McShane. Please, 
Please reach out oh, if you know Ian McShane. Beautiful please, little please British let him know. Well, mahogany sounds, manlet. That just sounds dandy. That sounds like a, a nice little pleasant holiday that the three of you yeah. had. Yeah. Well, what did what did you, uh, what did you yeah, do, Virgil? While you were rubbing elbows with celebrities, I was in the shit. <laughs> uh, because Matt went out to to L.A. to to go to a pool party. Uh, Chris, me and Brian Singer had a lot of fun. <laughs> Chris uh, had purchased two tickets to go see uh, our sister show, Pod Save America, live here you in Brooklyn, New tickets. York. Yeah, you know, my, my multiple uh, says to uh, get them to add us to their uh, lengthy comp list with Hollywood celebrities and, uh, you know, political bigwigs uh, failed. Uh, so we bought some tickets, and I mostly wanted just to bring one of you guys to go to Bear Witness at the ravenousness at which their crowd consumes them. And originally that was to be Matt, but Matt because, canceled. You know, Matt, Matt, I feel, is, is the, the psychonaut and experienced junkie of the, of the crew. It's true, yeah. but I couldn't pass up an opportunity no. to hang out with my man, Joe Dante. No, Matt, Matt, would, Matt, Matt would have become the most tased man in history. <laughs> <laughs> he really would but, have. Matt, I mean, Matt went AWOL, basically. <laughs> but yeah, no, Virgil, uh, you, you filled in, but I mean, I normally I would expect Matt, like I said, to be, you know, trank darted and uh, angrily escorted out screaming uh, from the Pod Save America event. But Virgil, uh, you filled in in his stead and did quite ably yourself. I, Would you, you know, care to explain I, I, yourself? I, I, okay. I, I, I got to say this. I feel like if I am the one, you know, repping the show and, and it's just me, you know, maybe I've got to up the ante a little bit. Maybe I am kind of... Uh, uh, Maybe I am kind of getting offended on your behalfs, uh, <laughs> yeah. particularly about things that I normally wouldn't really bat an eyelash at. So, Chris and I was this. This was in um uh, the beautiful King's Theater in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, I mean, that's Flatbush. an enormous theater. Too, I believe like, it is a three thousand seat venue. And there's really not yeah. that many people. Think about how many <laughs> people live in the world. That's that really space, yeah. We yeah. Was. No, I could. There was uh, a <laughs> there was a the line was uh, it stretched around the block and then it, it doubled back. Oh my right God. back yeah, to the we, front of the did, venue. There was no sign of getting in. Our seats were assigned, so we were like, fuck it, let's hit the bar. Well, yeah, so we hung out at the bar, which uh, was a real-life patio wonks yeah. uh, down the street, uh, because everyone there appeared to be wearing a shirt that had a slogan on it. Uh, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod right, was one. That's the, that's um, the main one. Pod um, my neck hole. Yeah, uh, cut, to, you know, cut down the tall trees. <laughs> the catchphrases uh, that they like uh, on the show. Grab them by the... The books. That's good. Okay. Okay. We're gonna build a, a library, and college will pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So the first thing that happens is we go through security, and there are metal detectors set up, and <laughs> we're wanded through. Uh, which somehow. Uh, Chris brought up a bottle of whiskey in there. No yeah, idea. no, very bad opsec. Whiskey uh, has no metal in it. That's true. I was drinking iron fortified whiskey. <laughs> so, Chris uh, actually brought in a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, it was made out of plastic. If Chris was secretly a concealed carry guy, <laughs> all the, the most time mild, you no, you're the like most a... agreeable member, like least erratic person on our show, and he's just always carrying like a Sig Sauer. Like no, he had, he had the plastic gun that John Malkovich yes. had in the line of fire. Yes. <laughs> Trying to commit suicide by cop at Pod Save America. <laughs> suicide by John. <laughs> you pull the gun out and they say, you don't know how bad you look right now. <laughs> and then you put the gun on yourself. Uh, yeah, and I uh, uh, rush the stage with it, uh, John Wilkes Booth style. And the last words I hear before uh, the suicide by John's is, uh, not great, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so we take our seats, which are in the very, very back of the stadium. Very, very so back we're, row. We're, very, very left side of the theater. Literally the last two seats in the, now, in the floor. You're we the, also, you're Montagnards. Yeah. We should also point out that there are the people, there's like in the VIP, they, they have to tiered ticketing system for these events, right? So like there are the people in the front rows probably paid like upwards of what, three, four hundred dollars for those I tickets. remember seeing when they played Radio City Music Hall, I believe last year, that the very front like VIP experience, I think not probably like a backstage meet and greet, like first three rows were tickets upwards of $500. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Was there. Well, the cheap seats were expensive too. Yeah. I think with uh, processing fees uh, over a hundred dollars. I think it's kind of suspicious that the parent company that owns crooked media is called bag chasers. ENT. <laughs> <laughs> like when I, I, I'm really trying to set the stage here. There's about like four or 5,000 people. Or something like that. Yeah, it's say. a huge crowd. It's a gigantic crowd. A sea of people. How would you describe like the the audience though? Like, what, what was the sort of like the median uh, person there? So I only really got to look at them on the uh, 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 on the line, or I guess in the lobby, and it it was a young audience. Yeah, this was not a wine mom type audience. Twenties, thirties. Uh, I would say young white urban professionals. Yes, graphic designers. The gra- all it's every the single one of designers, them. marketing consultants, things yeah, of that nature. At sales, probably. They're like they're. They're definitely working in the back office of the dick sucking factory. You know, they're they're in the marketing department. The <laughs> they're not on the assembly line yeah, of the dick sucking. The department. sales team. They want to let people know, like you know, what dick sucking can do for you. Yeah, our, our goal is to craft the story of dick yeah. sucking. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're the ones who make the the video that warns the dick suckers against joining a union. We're That's all right. part of a big dick sucking family here. All, you won't be able to suck those dicks if. You or sign a union card. <laughs> right. I mean, our richest listeners are the ones that went to dick sucking trade school. <laughs> <laughs> One big dick sucking union. Well, our richest listeners are uh, Bitcoin millionaires, uh, people <laughs> who have somehow made a billion dollars in the world of Warcraft economy. <laughs> <laughs> people who got hit by the bus through the city. <laughs> or, you know, hit, hit by a dragon in Warcraft. <laughs> so you become a billionaire in Warcraft. Hit <laughs> by. <laughs> Uh, but oh, you, you, we walk in, you know, it's dark, and there's this massive, massive crowd. Way in the back are the, is, is John, John himself, the, John the, the, the four-headed John. Uh, they're all sitting on these, like, nice little uh, comfy chairs, like lounge chairs. Yeah, they've got nice chairs. We do, we do our show on, like, bar like, stools, bar stools and, yeah, or, like, folding outs. things. Yeah. They've got, like, uh, you know, like, CB2 shows. Yeah, I remember that for the HBO thing. They're not fucking Barca loungers on a stage. Who the fuck does that? Which Gosh. makes me feel like we should be requesting more. I mean, yeah, honestly, you, you, you can't see us right now, but we're all on top of flagpoles. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the Charleston. Yeah. Is uh, there any way we could just all get into a jacuzzi on stage? I was, that I'm would telling, be baller. I'll I'm ask telling all about concert that. promoters from now on, we will each be individually performing in uh, sensory deprivation pods <laughs> with like a mic inside of it. I want an exact replica of the little like Sheldon Adelson scooter that the Prophet of Regret used in Halo. <laughs> We should all be on. I want We should all be on go karts zipping around the stage. I want a full, a full recreation of the bridge of the Starship Enterprise, next generation version on every stage. Yes, oh, I want a podcast inside Cerebro. <laughs> oh, and I bet you get to be Picard. No, I could be Riker. I have the beard. Well, we could trade. Oh, yeah. dude, I want to be Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Shut up! You idiot! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Damn, they both got star in it. So there were uh, damn. Why I get confused? Uh, four Johns on the stage and a woman. I, I Akilah Hughes. I didn't catch the woman's name. What'd you say? Akilah Hughes. I'm pretty sure it was Joanna. I don't jo- think that. Jo- no. I think- <laughs> he actually 
Have you guys to actually go to this? No. Do you guys are fully shit? I'm pretty sure go to this. You don't remember any details. That's the worst book report. Yeah, there was a smoothly Ghibli on the stage. No, it was John Anna. I'll take your word for it. I'm assuming she's been on the show before. Was this? Yeah, yeah. It's somebody. He would know. He listens to every episode. Like the freak he is. What the fuck, Chris? I know. It's a. It's a bad pain piggy that he is. It's a bad habit. It's 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 literally always guys like him who are like completely have their shit together, like just very competent, affable. But then they just just some fucking. They have to be in pain all the time. Yes, exactly. I think it's an Ohio. thing. Hang on, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now, and it says her name is John. (laughs) Okay, okay, John. Uh, and okay, so I want to pause to say that, unlike Chris, I have never listened to Pod Save America. I've seen maybe like a twenty-second clip on Twitter. I think we were together. I watched like ten minutes of that HBO show. Yeah, that's about yes. as much as I can handle. And uh, all I could tell you about it is there were sounds and moving images. <laughs> there weren't that many moving in- images. It was not that far away from being the up recorded podcast over a still image. Uh, but that's about it. I otherwise don't. It's very important for that to be on HBO. Yeah. I don't have. I've I've never really interacted with the Johns except for uh, John Lovett, who had been on uh, the Digcast yes. with me and Felix, and he because he was like friends with our uh, uh, boss at the time or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He followed me, and to be honest, I thought we were getting Anthony Cumia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and we got drinks with him after the election, and he was you know he was a nice enough guy, affable guy. But other than that, you know, I I don't. Yeah, I just have the rough idea of of the pod universe, and suddenly here I was, you know, just getting the pod injected directly. Getting into my potted, yes. Uh, we were we were potted that night. Our neg holes were potted. <laughs> uh, yeah, but when we finally got through the line, we got in. It was about ten minutes after starting. Uh, got our our tall boys at the uh at the um concessions and the strange and, rectangle of popcorn. Yeah, and some circus popcorn, and sat down in the very back, and you know. We, I was having a good time. I was. Uh, we were. You were having a good time. Well, we were. You know, we were like gently mocking them throughout the entire time. There weren't that many people around us, so I felt like we could be a little rowdy and uh, and and you know still maintain decorum. Uh, I, but well, you know, I, well, I, I want to go through. I want to go through briefly what yeah. the content of the show was. Uh, the first bit was about. But abor- I, I would just would say when when the show started, I would say me and Virgil both fairly good vibes. Yes, I would. I would say that the the, the madness crept in very yeah. quickly though once we started processing the words that they were yeah, communicating yeah. to us uh the first bit was about abortion and uh people said to uh, support something about supporting the aclu which you know that's good uh, yes. and that the aclu has won every you know every case in these abortion rights things which is not actually true uh they have gotten a few through and right now we live in hell with a 5-4 conservative majority on the supreme court but whatever that's nitpicky then they went to talking about Iran. Mm. Well, oh well, we know their attitude on that yes. <laughs> based on Felix's previous experience with them. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, what had happened was I went on their show and I said that, like, we need to open up diplomatic cha- channels to hold, like, a firm response and uh, keep everything know, on with the table. sanctions, keep everything on the table, have a dialogue, write some medium posts, stand <laughs> on a table. I was just, like, being sensible. And they were like, no, we have to. Not only should they have a nuke, they should strike New York City. <laughs> and I was like, I would never support that. The and right I, stormed, first I, stormed, I stormed out. That's what happened. Uh, of course, they're against the looming war with Iran, but they have to make a point to say that. Well, you know, the government of Iran; these are very bad people who've done very bad things. Like as compared to who? Yeah, yeah, or what? Like us, Saudi Arabia, yeah. Israel. Uh, so Turkey, Chapo Trap House, yeah, yes. specifically. 
Yeah. And I would it's say, like everyone makes mistakes. Listen, you this uh, the audio of this episode uh, of this live performance is online at um, trapotraphouse dot com slash pod save America. Uh, but the best way, <laughs> the best way I can describe it, uh, uh, my friend Josh uh, listened to it, and uh, here's what he texted me. Oh, my God, I'm just starting, and the audience is literally booing and hissing the names of Republican politicians like in a fucking children's play. Uh, again, the, the thing that I was most interested in is just, like, observing and feeling how their interaction with their audience. And it's just, it cannot be underscored enough how much somebody saying, like, well, what we really need to do is win the next election is a huge applause line. Gales of well, they, torrents they, yeah. of standing alive. They, they, to- they have total contempt for their audience, and so do we. But I respect all of you fucking pigs enough to abuse you constantly because I think you can get better. They don't. They're uh, just appeasing them. They say, like, you know, we have got to win the election. That basically the reaction was similar to the uh, Hulk Hogan mega mo- meta moment in Gremlins 2 when we saw that. In yeah. The yes. It's a big, big applause. Yes, absolutely. Oh, one of, uh, here's another text from Josh. One of these dudes was just like, well, some people recognize that women are people and got applause. Yes. And that's kind of what it was like. It was just kind of like this kind of slogan earring and, and, and people laughing. And it's like, I kind of want to yell, why are you laughing? It was like, like Homer watching a Prairie Home Companion telethon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 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 like, like people just, it, it was, you know, what was like, have you ever watched the, the first episode of Boardwalk Empire? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, the end of it where there's like this, this 20s stand up comedian. Yeah. And you're telling this like very stripped down, like basic kind of comedy. Yeah, Eddie Cantor, I believe. And people are, and, and it's just the audience is laughing at the end of every joke, like just at just, you know, the right time. It's all like highly regulated, like a, like a Victorian audience or something. That's kind of what it felt like. Like yeah. people knew the appropriate time to do an applause and the appropriate time to do a laugh. Okay. What the okay. British okay. very robotic. Okay. It's Someone who has told jokes on the Pod Save Network, I literally felt like Goku. <laughs> it was so I was dominating. Yes. It was just on a roll. It was like I had aimbot. Yeah. It was literally going from training in thirty times gravity like Goku, going back to Earth. Uh, now, uh, so some other stuff that I've learned. They have a game that they play called Wait Stop, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you now, someone explain this to me, and it. Honestly, it sounds like a blatant ripoff of the Chopo reading series. They we play didn't invent a- reading articles. <laughs> <laughs> what are these motherfuckers going to read? They articles? play like a two-minute clip from Fox News or something, where it'll be like Steve Mnuchin like blubbering through some kind of boilerplate Trump, uh, you know, administration rhetoric. And about every three seconds, they'll say, "Okay, stop." They stop the clip and they rip on it for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. But the rip on it, it's it's like sub. Uh, Sub Bill Maher, oh, the Republicans. It's like the clip stops and one of them like turns to the audience and goes, really? Gales of laughter. Oh this one God. was that sounds good, dude. <laughs> I mean, like sometimes the thing is, it's like, you know, the world's fucked up when you get your news from comedy. <laughs> your comedy is the news. The best golfer. The president. Uh, the president. The best rapper is white. Uh, the most powerful guys in the world are named Colin Bush and Dick and Cheney. <laughs> uh, you're, you, it takes longer to. 
fuck this joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this video was it was a clip of Rudy Giuliani, and I don't I don't remember what he was saying because I was just I was kind of laughing because I was imagining all those like weird pictures of him smoking a big cigar, <laughs> looking like an absolute asshole. <laughs> and I'm like, like okay, a damn boss. So like this is like the only point where I was really getting into it, imagining those funny pictures. Uh, and he was saying something about the president's legal troubles. I mean, who knows? I don't know. But this was a segue to an interview uh, that one of the Johns interviews Letitia James, who is the uh, attorney general of New York State now, who won her primary against Zephyr Teachout, mm. uh, who I think is just like has my favorite name in politics. It's oh, it rules. Very strong. Yes. Uh, Zephyr. Yeah, she's like a uh, uh, she's like the villain in a Sam and Criminy Croft production. <laughs> she's like, yeah, she sounds like a a blimp that didn't really kill anyone. <laughs> pretty cool, pretty sick name actually. From uh, one weird name yeah. to another, props. Uh, Letitia, she won her primary, and uh, that's where she said, uh, "What was it, Matt? That she said, uh, I, 'I'm not going to prosecute.' She said Wall during Street. the during the primary, she said, 'I'm not going to be the sheriff of Wall Street. I'm going to be the wolf of Wall Street.'" <laughs> And Letitia James, who was talking about, uh, you know, we're we're going to get Trump. We're going to get him because, you know, all, all that federal stuff was a bust. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to hold him accountable. Which, what, we're going to fucking what? We're going to send the cops from Law and Order to arrest them on the White House lawn. <laughs> you fucking send Lenny Briscoe up there with some handcuffs. Imagine sending the NYPD to arrest Trump. That would be like the biggest strike ever seen in american history <laughs> <laughs> they it's would like they would you would see cops doing a die-in <laughs> they would re- refuse which i don't I, at that point there was a lot of like stuff like that right chris yeah i mean it, it, it was fairly like um you know rah rah like get get the audience's spirit up like trying to just go down every rabbit hole of legal recourse as possible against the Trump administration, even imagining, you know, like a, a state. Which, like, how are they still invested in this stuff? Because, I mean, this is just straight when prophecy fails shit. Like, yeah. they did multiple emergency fucking podcasts about well, Robert Mueller. Well, they got to keep it up that the president is a criminal and has do, does much many illegal things, which, fair, but they have to keep keep the fire going that there is some recourse to it, no matter what avenue it goes down, because otherwise they, they they they're very action oriented. They're like, this is wrong, and then we can do this to stop it. And uh, yeah, so, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, there's. Yeah, yeah. But how, what, are, what can they do about a bunch of police? Uh, about what? What a bunch of federal and state investigations. What is the audience at Podsave going to do? Stand in front of one police plaza with a fucking little pennant that says uh, "cops." They're going to vote Democrat in 2020. Well, but they, well, all those people like, are already going to do that, right? But like, okay, like, did they talk at all about like impeachment and the fact that Nancy Pelosi, the leader of the Democrats, is just saying flatly, "We're not going to impeach Donald Trump." <sighs> Maybe they re- referenced it offhand, but it was only to then further stoke Tish's recourse in the state. So like, we're not going to impeach him, but like the New York, the New York State Attorney General is, has like, like certain, they're yeah. going to get they're going to be the ones to do it. Yeah. What they're going to reveal that he's a fucking criminal. I know when he knew that before they voted for him the first time. They're gonna, I mean, oh, yeah. gonna re- reveal the double crimes. I don't know. I, I ca- mean, my they, eyes were kind of glazed over could, at this you know, point. They could, they could, you know, subpoena him, and then he'd be required by law. To and you know, he would do that. that. That's, like, that, that's my favorite thing about these, like the idea of like New York State prosecuting him, is because like, did you get? Did you read that big profile of Mark Burnett that was in the New Yorker? No. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it, it was really, really good. It was. I mean, he's one of the ago. most evil people on yeah, earth. He's responsible yeah. for Trump more directly than any yeah. other person on earth. So there's a part in it where they're talking about like before The Apprentice when Trump was like, 
he didn't know if he wanted to do it. And he's like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I want cameras in here. I meet with the mafia all the time. <laughs> 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 and it's like, this. they haven't gotten him at this point. Well, one thing, I, you know, nobody who's in New York City and paying $500 to see Pod Save America was on the fence about voting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. And it is also they can't really wrangle like this whole interview is is talking over but not really wrangling with the central you know inconsistency that this is the most famous overtly criminal person in american life in a century and there has been literally no progress at all in dealing any kind of recourse to that criminality and so we still have to keep we have to keep opening cans and pretending that there's going to be some kind of uh, a punishment or, or comeuppance in, inside of them. And we got to keep opening all the legal cupboards until until something something falls out. But 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 it's all just like talking hypothetically, you know, and it's like, getting people to imagine sometime down the, the line that he will be punished. I mean, they're sort of like, uh, this is bad, you know, but here's what we do about it. Like, that seems very much in line with when we did the Dan Pfeiffer book where it was just like, here's yeah. what you do. Get all of your facts together. Create a fact file. <laughs> create a fact with a cell sheet where you can reference facts in every one of your posts, arguing with your dumb relatives. Go down to Kinko's, on, collate some fact binders, yeah. pass them out at Thanksgiving. And like That's what you do. Yeah. Well, so when did the madness really start creeping up your spine, Virgil? When did uh, you start getting okay, the Okay, well, then there was this part where, I mean, like, I was I was pretty, pretty deep in the shit at that point. And, uh, I mean, I, I took a quick break to go to the bathroom and be alone for a little bit and then came back and uh, no lines for the matter. <laughs> I came back and um, uh, I, I, they were talking about 2020, you know, and they're just kind of calling out the names of, of like like Pete Buttigieg and uh, like just, you know 30 percent of the audience cheers, you know Elizabeth kind of, Warren 40 percent of the audience cheers. So it's you like know, call and response. Just, so this is just like you know the best content I can possibly imagine. <laughs> this is this is this is a well constructed stage program. Anyway, so like I, I, we alluded to this earlier, but you know there is this paramilitary organization called the Friends of the Pod <laughs> that it's like. Um, are you familiar with the SS? <laughs> and these, 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 these goons uh, conspired to violate my First Amendment rights at this venue. Uh, I will say that, uh, you know, it got to we've been in there for like an hour and a half, two hours. It was clearly like the last Oof. five minutes of the, yeah, of the show. I was punished. I, I was I was punished. I had to I had to watch the bullshit. Uh, and. You know, it, I Virgil Virgil was pushed over the edge and was just kind of looking around uh, at this point, uh, very audibly emoting. How can you stand this? How can you take? How can you take this this pablum this this utter? Uh, you know, I believe the phrase utter drivel was uttered was said multiple times, and and it was at that point that uh, the people around us who had largely been ignoring ignoring our uh, our uh, like, hijinks to this point began to uh, take notice. And like, but up until then, was were you just like sort of angrily muttering to yourself, like "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you." Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, I think he. This is a classic Matt situation where Virgil thought he was muttering, but he was probably screaming. <laughs> I think it was I like think, Matt during inauguration weekend, where he would walk by just any like just fucking corn family wearing MAGA hats and be like, "fuck you," <laughs> and I'd be like, "Matt, that was so loud, man." And he'd be like, "Well, I said it under my breath." The thing is, okay. I literally had to like. 
When we went into our fucking hotel before we left, Matt just hissed, fuck you, at some guy in a cowboy hat. And I had to, like, go out and, like, talk to, like, four guys so they didn't try to jump us when we came back. Uh, well, like he, was, said, he was a cowboy it, manlet, I remember. Like I said, I have, to, I have to represent the show. I have to get mad about Iran. I have, yes. I have to be uh, screaming what I think that I'm muttering. Uh, he, the only thing you that was missing for we channeling the show was saying something about the spectacle. And frankly, the thing is, you know, so, like, what, you, what watch, you watch a Twitch stream. Right, you watch a, a let's play video. That's they're not gaming in total silence. They're giving commentary. Yes, uh, and so at the end, a uh, usher came over to where we were staying, and basically before any word yeah, left okay. the usher's this is mouth, an older we, group in Fuhrer, I, I uh, we stood up and, and left, <laughs> well, uh, and that wow. and that was it. Yeah. So I mean, I we are working on you know constructing a lawsuit for damages uh, <laughs> for defamation per se. By I'm, the way, those damages are implied, sir. I mean, here's, I will be representing Virgil through my studies of Michael Avenatti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by just transferring Virgil's uh, bank account to your own. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Before these are all alleged crimes, Mr. Avenatti. Um, here, here's my main takeaway, and why I continue to be so fascinated with, especially these guys' live shows, is that they have to try so little. They, they. They, you know, they know what they're talking about and they present it in a very clean, digestible way, but they have to put so little effort into getting 3,000 people just on their feet, on fire about very bland boilerplate, uh, like basically CNN with level content with some swears. Yeah. And when I yeah, see yeah. that, I do not see 3,000 lost people. I see 3,000 people who have been so enthusiastic about being so minimally activated that they're really just 3,000 people waiting to have their third eye opened to something like Chapo Mindset. I'll say a couple of things. I, I, what kind of depressed me the most about the whole thing, and uh, it's, it's, it's not the Johns themselves, they're just entertainers, uh, was that centuries of slaving and looting with all of the wealth flowing into New York Harbor have culminated in this group of people paying several hundred dollars <laughs> to see this performance and getting getting mad that uh, somebody was giving good intelligent commentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Chris, you bring up a good point. If they don't want to hear, you know, someone, you know, maybe like a white late 20s guy with a similarly comfortable life to them, putting in very little effort, they should definitely listen to this program. Yes, said, you know. Well, uh, well, no that that is the thing. That is the actual thing about it. When I uh, when I watch like clips, when I've seen clips roll across my timeline, I don't get the sense that they're putting in low effort. It is like you know, props to them. They're lunch pal guys because they actually not very funny or charismatic. Like, did you watch them on Colbert? No. It looked like it looked like one of them was told they would be executed. <laughs> <laughs> If they didn't say certain things. And it was, like, it was painful. It was not good to see. You don't like to see that. They were just, fuck, it was just death up there. But they really just, they, they're they grinders. Those, they, boy, those Johns are fucking grinders. They like, grinders. They, they know how to, like, get a reaction out of their audience. And it's to be like, yeah, uh, Pete Buttigieg knows six languages. And Donald Trump's still working on English. And Yes, you know, that'd, be, that'd be a shit, huge shit like, joke yeah, in that yeah, crowd. Yeah, shit like that. And they're just, they're, you see, like, just the fucking... Like almost anime drop of sweat on their temple, <laughs> little red X on their cheek. <laughs> they're just grind. They're tr they're trying so hard. It's like you almost hear the tick, 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 tick of a mechanical keyboard. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And they, you can't say that they haven't like they're ballers now. 
Yeah, they they oh, got yeah. they they're in their bag. You, you know, know? Oh, yeah. you know they what? We're selling a shitload of fucking. They're money. fucking yeah. loaded, and it's like they it's, probably have tons of angel investment too. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that everyone goes to their show, isn't like it? You know, show, <laughs> like that show alone probably brought in counting concessions and merchandise. Probably before anyone takes a cut, like half a million dollars at least. Uh, ballers, dude, yeah. fucking get in your bag. Yeah, we're uh, I mean, bread feel, out feel here. Like, you're right. Like saying low effort is, is not right. I would say that the it's just more that the effort is in like such a narrow width of variance. From show to show, that that it's like there there are no surprises. There are no, and that makes it so like basically uninteresting. Even if the the content of the what they're saying or topics they're talking changes every like day to day, it is. I mean, it is lunch pail. It's 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 a tiny little narrow band of of discourse in which they keep hitting that button over and over. I okay, so I like went to Chicago this last week for E one, and I had an incredible time. It's so much fun, but just the act of a very short flight. To and from New York, I just want to fucking die. I've had diarrhea all day. <laughs> I like, want to die. I like can't sleep. Just being on an air, and all those guys do is just fly. They're like road warriors. They're like they're like those pro wrestlers that basically live in hotel rooms and smoke crack, <laughs> but, you know, to interview the fucking uh, New Mexico Attorney General about but, prosecuting <laughs> Trump over some fucking old money laundering law that was passed in 1937. They're they're like they're out there grinding and. If they start like living the lifestyle of like a DJ Khaled with their pod money, that's fucking sick, actually. Well, uh, to put a bow on it, you know, Pod Save America has a very simple pitch, very, very simple message to their audience, which is, you know, this is boy, this is scary, huh? You're going to have to do a politics now. Don't worry. We'll hold your hand. We'll help you do it. We'll let you know who all the bad guys are. It's like like my friend Josh said, it is basically a children's play version of politics. Uh, Whereas our message to the audience is. You are worthless, Scott. You are you are a grotesque little piggy. Now lick my feet. <laughs> yeah, we, we we have a bad cop and worse cop approach. Like the I'm the bad cop. I'm like you're all dumb pieces of shit. Never reply to me. Don't correct me about anything. I am right in ways you could never fucking begin to yes. comprehend. Then Matt comes in and he's like, "Kill yourself." <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm like Bush on the billboard. Miss me yet? <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's 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 our our pitch is you know our message is yep you are gonna have to do a politics and you're gonna have to do a politics by making yourself as debased and stupid as possible uh it's 2019 we have left behind knowing things uh i don't know who robert Mueller is i forgot who Rudy Giuliani <laughs> is over the course of this sentence uh, we are all going to be stupid we are all going to be worthless and depraved uh who people who are not worthy of even prostrating ourselves before God, and so we will defile his name. It's like our favorite film, The Matrix. You have to fully give up your corporeal body or what you know of it to open your eyes to the to the real hell world. But uh, two last long notes. live the new flesh, baby. Uh, two last notes. One uh, shout out to uh, a shout out to two fans, yes. two two friends of our pod who uh, gave us safe harbor from the violence from this, from this, <laughs> from this <laughs> Took us in like, like wet, wounded dogs as we, as we uh, shuffled out of, of the, the King's Theater. Uh, and they, they, they brought a, a one bought us beers. One bought us uh, beers. At Patio Wonks. Uh, and another one uh, invited us into into their home, into their attic, lovely, uh, so that yeah. we would you know, be safe from the roving gangs <laughs> of uh, pods, friends of the pod. And uh, another note, I want to issue a full apology to Felix uh, 
for not understanding, not appreciating the magnitude of the time that he was censored on John Lovett's program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, two members of our show have had their First Amendment rights violated by Pod Save America by Crooked Media. Let's get oh, it up oh, to all five. You know, while we're, do- I owe Virgil an apology. I actually uh, did call the the Pod Safety Brigades <laughs> and the police on him. <laughs> And that seems pretty bad, right? John, the, the John Shabia. Yeah, I called the John Shabia on him. You didn't pay your jizia tax. Enter the. I uh, called the, the Johnisaries uh, on him. The John Shaweed. There you go. Okay. Yeah, see, this is how you make. This is how you make real money. This oh, is dude. real work right now. This is this is real work. Well, do well, you see how like, little I'm trying? <laughs> I'm. This is so easy for me. You think I'm gonna fucking get sweaty over this and go on tilt? No, fuck no. Uh, so the reason I did it, I think you'll be mad at me right now, but once I give my reason, you'll understand. <laughs> the John Network is letting me do a podcast about the TV show Banshee. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not on the air anymore. It's not coming back. <laughs> can, I be, can I be a guest on that show, Felix? Um, I have to call the security on one other person to <laughs> get another co-host. But, you know, let's see what we can do. Um, I'm not being paid for it, but once you hear the program, you real will realize it was worth selling you out. But I am sorry. I'm sorry that it had to be this way. I accept your apology. And frankly, you. I, I don't even think too. that's something you'd have to apologize for. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Thank looking you. forward to that program. Thank you. Well, that was our week. How was your week, Felix? I had I had a, I had a fun time in Chicago, Illinois. Shout out, um, shout out to Keith Buckley. Uh, shout out to Keith Buckley. Who plugged the E1 show, helped them sell out. Uh, His and- dad, William, is really proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Andy Hurley from Damn Things, uh, Fallout Boy. Other, uh, other. Ba- if I listened to more than fucking five songs and wasn't sort of an incomplete <laughs> person, I would know. It's two other very good bands that uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, you, I'm, so you, I'm sorry. You, so you hung out with the Fallout Boy. Yeah, I did. Wow. Andy's, Andy's the man, but it was. Stick to hang out with them. Great show. Great time with the E1 boys. Uh, they will be here in July 22nd at the Bell House. I think some of you boys are going to be on it. For sure. But uh, there was a monumental labor dispute. Well, week. Felix, you were explaining to me you did on the E1 live show did a little bit of reality bending in that you sort of portrayed a character that anticipated a, a major story in the news this week, and I was hoping you could uh, share that with yeah, us. So me and Aaron at Bertovo from our stream, we at E1 Live, one of the one of the like segments was dudes talks, and it was a TED Talks thing, and we were our characters were abusive Phase Clan owners. <laughs> he was Phase Sibian, and I was Phase Polanski, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a really we had a great time aaron did great in his first professional game that's what i call live podcasts but one of the jokes was yeah that we completely exploit members of phase we get 50 percent of tfu's earnings and my character was strongly based on uh like his mannerisms i'm not saying this guy writes the contracts at phase but his mannerisms and patterns of speech were ba- and his look were based on phase banks the guy from the greatest video ever recorded the mom's basement, Lil Xan, Adam Twenty Two, Keemstar podcast. The guy Just who like, says little audio sh- drop there. Yeah, great shit, man. That was dope. Well, just you know, for for listeners who may not be familiar, can you explain what Phase Clan is? Phase Clan started on YouTube, uh, seemingly an eternity ago, but not that long ago. 
Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, they started, it was a thing known as trick shotting, where you have a sniper rifle in a game, and you do not use your scope to hit them. You, do, you use the, why they call it no scoping. So you jump around, do a 360 jump, and hit a guy in the head to win the game. It's a flex. It's like, oh, I'm so good, I can literally just do tricks to beat you. And basically, I mean, like, but more essential than that, it's like a, a gang of people. Oh, who I'm play sorry, video I'm trying to give together. the fucking entire history of phase, you piece of shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I bel- I don't give out like simple catchphrases like, "Oh, I wish Donald Trump would phase away." <laughs> I'm trying to get our audience to fucking learn something so they have something to talk about with their uncles. Uh, anyway, they became a re- from the YouTube thing. They became a reputable pro gaming clan and a uh, strong content creation team. And Tifu, arguably the first or second best Fortnite player in the world, is suing his former bosses at Phase Clan. Oh shit! It's the storyline very similar to the E1 we did. I am not a legal expert, uh, but it's basically about merchandising deals and shit. Tifu says through the structure of the contract he was prevented from getting uh, endorsements that he would have made more money on through some of the endorsement deals that they they took up to 80% of what he what he got. FaZe Banks, being the legal mastermind he is, he's one of the owners of FaZe Clan, his response to the lawsuit, I mean, Will, you've been sued. Mm-hmm. You know the first thing you do when you get sued. Talk go, about it publicly. You oh, tweet constantly. about it. Post. Yeah. Go, yeah. On, go on Keemstar. That was the first thing you did. <laughs> Yes, that was Alan Dershowitz says to do that. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Yeah, no, you have to go on Keemstar. It's like if a judge sees you go on Keemstar wearing, you know, one of your finest flat brim hats, <laughs> saying things like, "Bro, and this shit's so crazy," because like I fucking love you, dude. I don't even want to talk about this shit, but it's just like I feel fucking betrayed, bro. The judge is going to see that and be like, "Well, it says here that the the defendant says he felt betrayed by the plaintiff." <laughs> He says that he loves you. <laughs> um, but I don't think FaZe Banks, though he does not seem like the brightest man in the world, I don't think he writes the FaZe contract, so I don't think he's exactly the bad guy here. I don't think he knows the specifics of what was going on with Tifu's contract. But the interesting thing here actually is, in Tifu's labor dispute that he's filing with uh, sort of California's labor regulatory body, there are accusations that FaZe signed an 11-year-old <laughs> There are accusations that there was underage drinking in Faye's business property. And I think this actually will have wide-reaching implications because I think esports and content creation, it's one of those things that has benefited from the government just not knowing what the fuck it is. And it's one of those things where the first time the government looks at it, they're like, yeah, you can't do any wait, of this wait, stuff wait. you're the doing. Fr- the first time they look at it, they realize it's a house full of 11-year-olds uh, drinking beer and setting off firecrackers and <laughs> yeah, shit. yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I think that it's one of those things where the first time the government looks at it, it will totally change it. I think that's generally a good thing. There will be actual labor regulations for esports and contents. Because it's like you have to look at it like a regular sport. These guys can't do it for that long. Your reflexes aren't good for that long. Uh, and if you're not a guy like Tifu, you burn makes... out your wrist jacking off. All right. I didn't know we'd be making cheap jokes at the expense of workers today. Matt, come, on. Uh, come on, Matt. Yeah, it seems to me like you'd be more comfortable on the National Review podcast. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think particularly some of these preteen popinjays should do a little <laughs> less complaining and a little more gaming. <laughs> Call me an ambotter one more time and I'll kick you out of the server, you queer. <laughs> you bot. <laughs> but it is... It Can is, we get a pog clap going for the apartheid <laughs> government of South Africa? Don't, <laughs> don't monka S me, you blood, you gin-soaked popinjay. Uh, I think it's kind of sad, though, because 
it is, I think, generally a good thing if this is labor regulated. But it's the case of everything that happens with the internet. Something is weird and stupid and it allows a man like FaZe Banks to be a multimillionaire <laughs> and this cultural figure. And then money, like the, there's so much money that gets involved, it actually has to be regulated and looked at and treated like a business. And, you know, like all things that happen with the internet, it's going to become normal like everything else. And there will be no, there will be fewer freaks and weirdos. There, the next owner of the next big gaming clan isn't, his response to being sued isn't going to be to like cry and do a Twitter video. And it's just a case of, you could see the arc of the world getting less interesting. Like, I mean, honestly, like the next iteration of gaming clans, it's going to be like the crooked media of gaming clans. It'll be that type of thing. Everything will be very official, but that'll be better for the athletes. So overall a win, but that's, that's the rundown of the Tifu Sitch. Uh, did you have uh, also some corrections to issue um, to Hassan Piker? Who uh, did, yes. we, did we misstate some things on the last Fortnite episode? Fortnite has never had an FOV slider. Okay, then uh, what were you so mad about? <laughs> All right, so you would increase your field of vision by going into the game files and typing in the values you wanted for your... Ex- for <laughs> your just watching accident. Matt's face right now. <laughs> so it wasn't a slider, it was a hack, and now you can't do it anymore. It's not a hack, you fucking idiot. <laughs> every, every game allows you to do that. But or they have an FOB slider. Everyone could do it. How is it a hack if everyone could do it? It's a, that is textbook not what a hack is. It's not an exploit. Everyone did it. In fact, Fortnite said it was okay before the ESL Katowice tournament, and then just completely fucking took it out. ADFOV is fucking ridiculous for a first-person shooter. What the fuck do you think it's like for a third-person shooter where you're changing levels multiple times in 30 seconds? Matt is a contributor to the next uh, mega issue of the National Review against FOV sliders. (laughs) (laughs) How about about Ben Carson? Did you guys see Ben Carson (laughs) testify before about... uh, He's the Housing and Urban Development Secretary now, and he was te- had to call before testifying before Congress tomorrow. I mean, yesterday. And what I really love about that, you saw it. He confused uh, an REO, a real estate owned, with Oreo. He thought that that was very funny. And what I love about Ben Carson is he has somehow managed to just fly under the radar, keep his head down. Avoid any of the truly ludicrous corruption scandals like, what's his name, Zinky or the other guy, Pruitt, guy, Pruitt Scott Pruitt. Yeah. Uh, he did have that thing where his wife bought him like a giant throne. His, and wife, a, did, a his wife did He bought him the table from Game of Thrones 30, with Westeros carved out of a, mahogany. A $30,000 table. My wife's, letting me, my wife's letting me make a shadow baby this year. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Ben Carson, just you know, he's like the he's the Trump appointee that's been there since the beginning. Yeah, that like is talked about the least. And it's amazing because in any other context, he would be just a daily source of hilarity and, and oafishness. But it, there's just so much happening that he is he's just getting forgotten, and it's kind of tragic. And and then he just shows up and like doesn't know anything. All uh, about- oh, right, I'm in charge of this department, but I have no idea what any of this means. I don't even know where I am right now. He sounded like he was barred out being quizzed by someone who's like spent nine years working even before she got in government on like the the issue of uh like housing and uh, that's gonna make you feel good right yeah if you you care about things like that it's like yeah they just put this demented clown in charge of it and we're all just laughing at how he doesn't know anything okay well that hearing is a classic classic case of the old sports narrative hard work versus talent and this time, talent won. Ben Carson won. Well, he did buy the woman who uh, corrected him that REO was, in fact, not re- referring to the Oreo cookie. 
it's a speed wagon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did. He did buy her a bag of Oreos and tweeted about it. So another another fun joke. He also uh, today said that it was actually Alinskyite tactics. It was classic radical Alinskyite tactics to reveal that he doesn't know a basic function of his job. And you know, like I, I see the commentary in this, and I love seeing from like the uh, the the Carson defenders and the MAGA people. They always trot out the fact that he's a brain surgeon to be like, yeah. "You call him an idiot? Like, can you do neurosurgery?" And it's like, "Well, no, I can't." But I also don't think that the pyramids were used to store <laughs> grain, right? And that you know, angels talk to us every day. Yeah, it's it's all about. You know, skill sets are not transferable. I think we should all know that by now. Felix is a prime example of that. Which which skill set do I have? Gaming, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty old for that. Uh, let's just say I'm good, good at poster. everything that I've ever actually tried at. <laughs> yeah, like I that. think it's transferable. I mean, I could I could do the housing stuff. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> brain surgeons aren't exactly uh, exactly brain surgeons. You know, I mean, really though, this is a little inside baseball for doctors, but. You know, non-surgeon doctors talk about surgeons like they're a bunch of jocks. They just want to get in there and get get the goop on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> like they're mechanics, and they're very smart at what they do. But yeah, skills aren't transferable, and you can. I mean, think about it. To be a brain surgeon, you'd have to be a little nuts, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's, you're gonna that's go. Weird. You touch the wrong thing. This person's just dead, or you know, they're Frankenstein or whatever. You can touch the wrong part and can kick you in the head. That's not yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you do have to be a little psycho. And he was reputably a pretty good brain surgeon, right? Yeah. He was all right. I mean, he fucks well, the brains up, but, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, a, any career you're yeah, going to yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have some. Goops. I mean, his famous thing was separating the conjoined twins. And I'm just imagining him, like, putting them on, like, just like a, a workshop table and then just bringing a miter saw <laughs> down. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. you. Th uh, so one of the things I like to do is I like to go down like rabbit holes of like Westerners <laughs> responding to foreign wars because you will find the strangest people who are like deeply invested in a foreign war as Americans. And what did I find yesterday? But a cardiologist who's very convinced that nine eleven was an inside job. It takes all kinds, you know. There you can be incredibly. Usually, if you're incredibly competent at one thing beyond what any normal person will be at anything in their lives, you'll have some deficiencies everywhere else. Well, let but me be a little, little psycho. Let me ask you this. Let's say you have a brain issue and, you know, you need to get the ghosts out or whatever they're doing. And uh, Ben Carson. <laughs> yeah, Ben Carson says, uh, I'll do it for you. Would you go with him or would you pick, like, a random other guy? Well, now a random other guy who's not a doctor? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> like, another from the pool of... of, of Brain surgery. Well, oh, I, mean, I would always get a younger one because. Yeah. Well, well his I mean, hands. okay, fine. Let's say Ben Carson in his prime. In his prime, Ben Carson. One hundred percent. I would. I would choose another guy. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I just I don't want someone who fucking thinks angels talk to him what, digging what around in my head. Put the Bible in your brain. Yes, <laughs> that's why. That's how he can be an adult who goes around being like, I think the angel Hezekiah talked to me, is because he's so good at this one thing. It's the same reason musicians, besides Keith Buckley and Andy and all the other musicians that we know, can do all the bad things that they do. I'm right. You know that I'm right. Uh, okay, fine. I'd let Ben Carson fuck with my brain. <laughs> I'd let him get the goof on his head. <laughs> I let him just like just dig around in there. Ben Carson gives great brain. You know, ninety percent of the job is just when you're like talking to the patient before the surgery, and you know, you're just saying encouraging things like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna root it out. 
you know, we're going to win this together, Slugger. Yeah. Well, if I was a brand, I wouldn't do any of that, like, together shit. It's like, you're the reason we're both here. <laughs> no, you, you and got, your shitty brain fucked up. No, no. you got it. It's like uh, when the basketball players touch hands after free throws, it increases the percentage. Does it really? Yeah. That's why they do it. Uh, there still is magic in this world. All right, here's another uh, quick news item. Are, are you guys aware now that uh, QAnon people have started drinking bleach because they think it's a natural cure? Yes. I'm a, I approve, approve of it. Go for it. <laughs> are have, you know, have are, a blast. So, uh, the, the genesis of this is uh, I found this guy, um, uh, Jordan Sather, who's, of course, a YouTube guy uh, and a QAnon guy. Uh, who's just, you know, he did a video where he drinks bleach uh, to prove that the FDA and news media are lying about natural cures like bleach Mm -hmm. that they don't want you to know about. Mm -hmm. He says, I've drank MMS, a.k.a. chlorine dioxide, brushed my teeth with it, breathed it, cleaned with it, used it topically, he wrote. If MMS was a toxic bleach, I should be dead. Sorry, FDA and fake news media. You lose this one. <laughs> ah, damn it. Yeah. No, I, I just love the, like, John, like, just the reptiles and the Rothschilds. Like, we needed to convince them that bleach was poisonous for some reason. <laughs> well, he says um, uh, the Food and, Drug, Food and Drug Administration, of course, labels it uh, an industrial bleach. Um, and his tweet was in response to an NBC News story about private Facebook groups and YouTube channels that push parents to use MMS as a cure for autism by feeding them to children or dumping them in baths filled with bleach. This makes sense. I, I love oh, this. sounds good. This is the perfect circularity of this. Just you're being, you're such a fucking rube that you don't vaccinate your kid because you're worried they're going to get autism. Then they get autism, and then you're like, all right, I'm just going to give them, I'm waterboarding them with bleach. It's delightful. You'll love to see it. Well, if you get bleach on your kid, it's sort of like uh, ink bomb in a, like money you steal from a bank. Like You can trace the adrenochrome that the Podesta stole from them by how much bleach was in it. It's actually pretty smart. These people are actually pretty smart. So, I mean, I was just thinking about the uh, drinking bleach and uh, the reports from that, that Trump rally this week where just like people were just falling out from heat stroke. And it was not that hot. It was, and I got to say, you know, it was like, summer hoops uh, season. Yeah, it was outdoor summer hoops weather. Everything comes full circle. You know the best part about that? You know that Trump was playing memories from cats before that? <laughs> Wait, over like that was his yeah, like, that was like his song. music. The song Memories from Imagine Cats. Imagine you're like a 70-year-old <laughs> a 70-year-old like muffler wholesaler <laughs> who's just like the most hateful person in your neighborhood. None of your kids talk to you, but you're like, ah, at least I could see you know, we got a real man in there now. And you just listen, you're just listening to cats and baking in your fucking Tommy Bahama polo. And then you completely collapse. But you wake up in the hospital and they're like, sir, you collapsed. You owe us $50,000. And you're like, God damn it. Well, can I go back out there and see Trump speak? And you're like, you've been out for two days. You missed Donald Trump calling Jesse Waters very handsome for 45 minutes. <laughs> God damn it! I also like the idea that uh, you hydrating with one of those, like, uh, like uh, the, the baseball helmets with the beer cans in it with the straws, except it's just like a bleach solution. <laughs> He's like, I put a little bleach in this water to, uh, you know. I just love the idea of someone, they're dying, their last thing they hear on earth is memories and then trump talking about going to the cable ace awards with daisy duke <laughs> you know and i i met i met uh, i met catherine bach 
much nastier than what you saw on the show, but but we could have had it. Couldn't I add it? Uh, my favorite news story from recent Trump rallies is, uh, you know, uh, so in QAnon, there's that conspiracy theory that JFK Jr. is alive and well, and he's yep. just some random he's guy. No, JFK Jr. is Q. He's Q, I guess. I, I but mean, he's the, also this guy, Vincent Fuchsia, who goes to Trump rallies. And it is so funny. The guy looks nothing, nothing like, like RFK. He's just some guy. He has a rodent face. <laughs> he doesn't. He has a lagomorph face. <laughs> no, he's like a fedora guy who's like a full foot shorter than RFK yeah. Jr. was. Well, they did. They did uh, plastic surgery. They cut out part of his shin. Okay, yeah, he did he's the like reverse, Cotton Hill. He did yeah. the reverse Gattaca surgery. <laughs> I never saved anything from the swim back from my plane. So the guy just wears a, he just goes around wearing a blazer with American flag. He's not like wearing a T-shirt that says I am JFK. He's never claimed that he is. He doesn't even claim. He's just a guy who was in a picture that like legions of, you know, insane people are just like, yep, that's him. You're JFK. I see you. And And he's going with it because why wouldn't you? Yeah. So he just hangs out at the rallies and people just get their pictures taken with him. And I guess he, you know, sells them dinars or something. Oh, God. Do you think you're getting laid out there? Do you think constantly that ass. Dude, that constantly. guy that guy is slaying MAGA MILFs. <laughs> you you can't well, you, uh, you can't go into his uh his van when there's a diabetic sock tied on the door. Oh my god. That dude is fucking he's the Will Chamberlain of the MAGA. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just King. what's that's... a blumpkin when you're getting blown on a mobility scooter? <laughs> what's it? I mean everything's a blumpkin if you have a colonoscopy bag. <laughs> Yes. That's just the best life, right? Oh, just, God. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Going, just like, it's like just going to concert to concert. Just banging MAGA yeah, after hanging MAGA out. dirty. Just, just looking at the photos of those guys and him posing with everybody, it just looks like the old Republican version of a fish concert. Yeah, that's he's, what it is. Yeah, he's smiling. He's, he's having a great time. He's got the drip. The yeah. He's selling nitrous balloons. Yeah, exactly. Doses, man. The <laughs> smile on that guy's face is is pure joy. He's yeah. having, of all the QAnon people, of all the Trump uh, supporters, he's having the absolute best time. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I support him. He's, yeah. like, he's going to be like the almost famous guy, but for MAGA rallies. He has has just that uh, every woman he has sex with, he takes with him one of their pieces of bridge work. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, talking about the, the the bleach thing, drinking bleach down the libs is a joke, like a five year old joke at this point, from even before the Keurigs and shit like that. Yeah. And now it's happening. It's hap- They're literally drinking bleach to own the well, libs. I mean, that's an actual thing that's actually happening. To bring it around full circle, I mean, like, back to the, the, the Johns show, and they're all like, you know, here's what we do. This is what we need to do. And, of course, like, every time anyone asks me, like, you know, what we need to do, I'm like, I, I have no fucking idea. Yeah. It seems <laughs> I've, got, I've got no clue It would be how to get It out would be arrogant and narcissistic yeah. to say that you have the solution. And as well, particularly if you had spent several years of your life working at a high level for the guy who's responsible for a lot of the problems. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, have, I certainly have beliefs that I'd like things that I'd like to see that I hope would make things better. But as to the specific problem of what obsesses these people, which is Trump and their fear of Trump, and we just got to get rid of Trump. I got to say, you know, praxis makes perfect. Just continue to like encourage him to hold giant outdoor fucking rallies yeah. and, like on like on like airplane tarmacs, yeah. stadiums, but like with no water. Yeah. No air conditioning. Yeah. Just keep these people outdoors for like six, seven hours at a time, standing on asphalt, and just you know, also 
encourage them to drink bleach. Well, don't, no, no, get, you don't encourage them. Just keep getting triggered by it. Or no, yeah, yeah, or yeah, get mad. Just at, get real get mad. mad at MAGA people drinking bleach. Tell them that you know. It's, tell them no. Don't drink the bleach. It's bad for you. Hey, Do that, not- guy, that guy's not JFK Jr. Don't suck his dick. <laughs> Do not go see Trump at the Electric Sun Music Festival. (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It would make me so mad if a bunch of boomers put on weight-cutting suits and started doing jumping jacks before (laughs) President Trump's rally where he's playing the same three Elton John songs that he always plays. Trump is far too much of a coward to hold a rally at Death Valley. (laughs) (laughs) He's the hottest. Oh, 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 fake news says I'm too cowardly to go to Death Valley for a rally. Folks, we're going to do it. Um, Imagine like... It's just the pro-life valley now. (laughs) The last thing you hear on this planet... like There are probably like Korean war events who collapsed there the yeah. last thing they ever heard was just like you just the graden party graden carter's oscar party tweet yeah. basically yeah no yeah they survived the chosen reservoir but they couldn't survive standing in a fucking <laughs> and just, airplane hangar in iowa it's just for like more than 20 minutes. vaguely just like sort of like 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 wafting in as your soul departs the earth is like goodbye yellow brick road and then Trump, Trump is going just it's just so talking weird. about Trump has brought a guy up on stage uh, who's literally dressed like the wall <laughs> and he's just like look at, look look at this guy look at this look guy, at this guy. He's the wall he's got the jacket <laughs> I, you I, saw you saw the guy with the brick jacket yeah 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 that yeah. ruled when did Donald Trump hear music from Cats and why did he pick it <laughs> I. He's probably seen Cats seen on Broadway Cats like at least 15 times. times. For sure. Sorry, you know. Sorry to keep uh, bumping in, but we recently covered uh, American Idiot, the musical, on my music podcast. And from that, we noticed that Donald Trump was present at the Broadway premiere What American Idiot, the Broadway musical the in 2008. Because he's a big, macho, strong man. Yeah, I think so. He, so I would, say, I would guess that he probably was at the premiere of Cats on Broadway. That he seems like, like right in his era. The, the generals, they're, they're so good. They're so handsome. They're like Rum Tum Tigger. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like beautiful Rum Tum Tigger. I, I call this guy Miss Tuffley. <laughs> <laughs> but it, okay, you were, did you see that? This is like another like insane like little Trump story that was lost in time. But the clip of him just sitting still, there's total silence for like 10 seconds, and then he just goes, (laughs) (laughs) he's he's a furry. He wants, he's an other kid. There are no other kids. It was all like a 4chan op to like make Tumblr tunes look stupid or whatever. But Donald Trump is an other kid for being a cat. There are other kin. Yeah, the, the president. <laughs> the president is another kid. He's a cat girl. President Trump is an anime cat girl. <laughs> you would have you and him have a lot to talk about, Virgil. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, yeah, because I I also you know deeply empathize with him, having also been assaulted by the liberal media. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know what he's. I know what he's talking about when he says you know Anna Wintour's holiday parties. It's it's trash now. They didn't even invite me. I wouldn't go. Would you? I've been combing every Trump family member for mentions of Kate Upton, and they all have exactly one. (laughs) Donald Trump. What is Don Jr.'s Kate Upton tweet? Oh, I forget it, but Eric's was good. It was like, at the Knicks game, Kate Upton's here. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Donald is the best. Donald is the best. It's like um, many years ago, a, a Victoria's Secret rep was very nasty to Kate Upton. Now she's on top. (laughs) <laughs> and then it's, she's never mentioned again it's just one of his fleeting thoughts about how you know so I, someone can be nasty to you and you can win no like if, like if, if you're the johns or the liberal media like i would just say like keep getting angry that trump is holding huge rallies in incredibly hot yeah 
dry areas of the country. Absolutely. Global warming and, is actually working for us for now. And get like just get very angry, just keep saying like making fun of people and being condescending yeah. about people drinking poison. Yeah. You know, just sort of sneer at them in the way that, you know, they do like 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 you like you're clinging to your religion and bleach based <laughs> diet, you know? Like just sort of like yeah, just sort of like curl your lip and like look down your nose, yeah. like like very patrician like and just be like, Ugh. Oh. Ugh, I think it's simply wretched that they they're eating rat poison. Oh, uh, fuck you, motherfucker. All these fucking coastal elites yelling at me all the time saying uh, if you want to get your hand out of that raccoon trap, just let go of the piece of tin. But fuck you. I'm getting that fucking tin. <laughs> President Obama, I dare you to come down here and make me and my nephew exit this Chinese finger trap. <laughs> <laughs> As the moron said, Molan Labe. Oh, yeah. This is a this is just the last bit of a uh, thing I saw today that I had to share. Um Nancy Pelosi, uh, like, you know, the, the House Democrats are currently you know, struggling to figure out what to do about Donald Trump. We've talked about this before. Their plan here as the you know, opposition party is to defeat him in 2020, which I think is a great plan. But go for it, baby. If he wins reelection, you're kind of going to be screwed. Oh, yeah. But uh, not to be outdone. I mean, they are, you know, involved in the business of governing and, you know, like helping people. You know, yes. this is what government is about. So uh, not a joke. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was promoting giving people a uh, tax credit for gym membership. <laughs> All right, let's hear her out. I mean, you want to follow a real program. Can't do it in today's America. I mean, I'm kind of serious. You want to make gains? You kind of need social <laughs> democracy. You do. The f- nutrition's expensive. You're ideally spending at least two hours in there. You got kids. Good fucking luck. Should we have tax credits for Synthol? So you can have big, big, giant cartoon arms. No, I think that synthol should be like that. Should be private insurance or private. Like okay, you, you'd have to go to. But I think HGH it actually should be mandatory, <laughs> and you have to opt out of it. You can opt out of it if you want, but you have to pay a fee. Everyone should be given HGH from the time that they're eighteen, so we become the largest country ever. <laughs> we there's a size deficit between us and countries like Denmark. Well, we're you about know, to fuck find skinny, out. Fuck skinny, let's get huge. Peak check. Yo, it's dude for rich. Every Democrat's always going out there talking about how they want to honor Rich Piano. Well, this will actually do it. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to talk about that? Uh, just basically, uh, uh, the New York Times sent two of their political reporters to do a big piece about Bernie's uh, time in Vermont government, where even as mayor of Burlington, he sort of like was committed to having a foreign policy for Burlington, which is pretty hilarious, but also kind of amazing and cool because he was like writing angry letters to the reagan administration he visited nicaragua during the contra war to express solidarity with the government of daniel ortega um you know again we've covered this before on the show listen back to the john schwartz episode but basically the the new york times takeaway from this like the sort of the gotcha moment was that he attended a rally in managua in which like people chanted anti-american slogans like you know die yankees die and you know again like they're Setting it up like this is a, I don't know, terrible thing that he's like, this is the oppo on him that's, you know, everyone's worried is going to come out that he supported the Sandinistas in the 80s. But I've said ever since this shit started first coming out, like if we want to have that argument, I say bring it on. And yeah. if like if any of the other Democratic candidates or Donald Trump, I mean, he doesn't fucking know what happened in the 80s. He doesn't care. <laughs> but if any of the other Democratic candidates, for instance, like, you know, Cory Booker or Joe Biden for it wants to come out strongly in favor of the Contras, I would like them to do that 
sooner rather than later. Yes, but see, they had a good entry poll here. It wasn't just oh, you supported the Contras. It was you were in a you were at a rally where they said die Yankees, and you did not leave. You did not condemn them, which means that you were endorsing that, and you want us to die. Bernie Sanders, do you want all Americans to die? Well, any American who contributed to the Contras in any way, shape, or form, I think you know a case can be made. But I mean, it's just the other thing. Like, so like uh, initially, he declined to be interviewed for this piece, and then and when it came out, he he like demanded an interview, right? Yeah. And he did a follow up interview with one of the authors of the piece, this woman named Sydney Ember, uh, in which he was, you know, his normal crotchety surly self, and he seemed to say like, I I don't think you understand what I'm talking about, like you you idiot. And, you know, like, and then it was just it led to like a, a spate of commentary about, you know, oh, like, you know, this is Bernie. He's being rude to this fine young reporter who's also a young woman. And like, just like it, it was like the, 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 the wave of fellow New York Times readers and journalists coming out to support the Sydney Ember person by saying she is a talented young journalist. And I'm like, really? I don't think so. I think she comes across like a fucking nitwit and, you know, like talented either from the evidence of this giant piece where she literally both sides the Contra war and says, Hmm, the Sandinistas were responsible for many grave abuses too, which is flatly untrue, at least as compared to the Contras. Yeah. I mean, like almost all of the casualties that they inflicted on people were in a battle war context. Whereas all of the killings the Contras did were just of, yeah, they weren't the Contras unarmed were really good. farmers and they were really children good at fighting, which is why they got kicked out of the country in the first place by the Sandinistas. They were really good though at burning down, uh, schools uh and just shooting nurses they were really good at that and you know like as evidence of how good a reporter she is the person that she uh her and alex burns in this article turned to to sort of as the expert to sort of uh scold bernie is a guy named otto reich (laughs) oh come on otto reich come on otto reich was a guy who he is one of the chief criminals of the whole fucking thing he was he oversaw latin american policy for the reagan administration he was a former special envoy who as part of his job was literally in charge of the contra propaganda outfit who in like again in his former job literally leaked false stories to the new york times who then dutifully published we, we, them. we spoke to our impartial expert uh hitler munich <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck man i uh, know like, yeah this a, a oh blood, another blood-soaked war criminal who shows up in this piece to tut tut bernie and say uh sorry let me just find this here he says here, um, Mr. Sanders should have known better than to fawn over Mr. Ortega. Mr. Reich noted that prominent liberals like John F. Kerry, then a senator from Massachusetts, had met with Ortega but had not actually celebrated. He has, by virtue of these travels and associations, joined up with some of the most repressive regimes in the Ugh. world, Mr. Reich said. I mean, the fucking gall of that to come out of this guy's mouth. So, Sidney Ember, I'm sorry. To put this, in, I mean, first of all, she has neither her or Alex Burns have any real experience as a foreign correspondent these are political response correspondents and i think sydney ember was basically a financial journalist before this interesting bio about her now that everyone wanted to make it about her and be like oh he, bernie was so mean he was so rude to this obviously brilliant and talented young reporter uh she is she was uh she's married to a hedge fund manager she's the daughter of a hollywood screenwriter and her husband's father is literally the head of bain capital hmm. Hmm. okay 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 that sounds not good um Though she does follow me, oh, okay, oh, she does. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, never mind that. She's good. okay. Oh, yeah, I take well, back hey, what I said. She's, she's good. Like, she likes good content. 
I don't really know what her whole deal is. I mean, for all I know, like her dad could have written Equilibrium. He could be a great guy. <laughs> no, he, uh, he, but, he wrote the Get Smart remake with Anne Hathaway and Steve Carell. That was bad. You, you did not. Steve badly. Carell's funny and Hathaway's pretty. Uh, you, you failed to have produced a strike <laughs> against Miss Ember. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, like I said, based on this article, I would say that she's either lazy and ignorant about what happened in Central America in the 80s or just simply cynically uninterested and looking for a an way, angle. An angle. Yeah, I an mean, angle. The, the thing I couldn't take about this whole story, I mean, it's like any just any anything where like the political reporters of the New York Times are trying to do a candidate about any foreign policy thing is just going to be like mind numbing. And yeah, I just advise anyone not to read it. But uh, the insufferable thing about this to me and it was insufferable to me because I know we're going to see it for minimum the next year and a half, maybe the next five years should, uh, you know, Donnie Casino do it again. Uh, just reporters jerking each other off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't fucking take yeah, it that's anymore. Yeah, that's what was... I can't take reporters just bragging at how good each other, how the good they all are at their jobs. Like, Jesus Especially since the only race, reason man. newspapers and all this shit even still exist is to give rich people's idiot kids something to do can, during the Can day. Joe Biden just win so we can get rid of newspapers? No offense to anyone who works at newspapers, but, you know, you can do something else. I, I will say, if 2016 taught me anything, it's that endlessly whining about the way the media is being treated by a candidate is the one surefire way to win an election. Yeah. Well, I mean, one guy was better at that than the other one. They were both the, like, well, that's complaining the, about yeah, the media Hillary candidates. Hated, Hillary hate. I mean, that now, of course, now the liberals love the media because they're holding, fighting truth to power and all that horseshit. But they, the Clintons, fucking hate the media, and probably with a lot of good reason. Uh, but they, she just wasn't good at stoking it. She wasn't good at making them the enemy. She just sounded whiny. I will say the one thing I'm very enchanted by is how Bernie, as the mayor of Burlington, Vermont, which is not a, not a big city by any means uh operated a foreign policy there shop are, there are, Bur- there are like, burlington coat factories that are bigger than the city of Berlin. it's like yeah. no it's 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 like if, if like a some some trotskyist was running for county coroner or recorder of deeds and their campaign page was just 50 pages about syria well, <laughs> i mean that's the future Think about just all the online disputes about syria people are just gonna freak out and run for city council in like waukegan illinois but uh it, it is it is nice because the only time you see a local politician talk about Israel is when someone's running for like, yeah, Queens County DA. And he's like, I want to make it illegal to like the BDS page on Facebook. <laughs> so, you know, no, but like it's I, neither neither here nor there. I can't imagine how much sway the mayor of Burlington had. But Felix, it, but it is nice that he had a good position on it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, he, and he still does. Um, but like Felix, like the, to, to your point about like, I just like I cannot take journalists jerking each other off oh god yeah it's just the way they close ranks because it's like yeah. all the all the actual journalists who i actually like and respect are loathed in their profession like as our, well our, you our, should be our fucking yeah they, they say are, the n-word all the time they're pariahs or they're considered has-beens or like just they're just not taken seriously whereas like you know uh, this person sorry sydney ember i mean you wrote the piece so uh and then everyone you know had to come out and be like close ranks around you i mean it's just like is it conceivable that there's someone who works in the New York Times who's maybe like not the most talented, brightest kid in the world? Or, I mean, maybe they fucked up. People fuck up at their jobs. It's like very, it's weird to me that journalists have so so much trouble like admitting like maybe they kind of fucked up on this story like in the moment. I get everyone's super defensive all but, like, the time. She, I mean, she but, didn't like, fuck up on the story because this is like her job. The New York Times as an institution yeah. is hostile to the left generally right, right, right. and Bernie Sanders specifically. Yeah. And like you can see evidence of that every day, whether obviously on the op-ed and editorial section, but certainly in the way they cover 
his campaign or or any issue surrounding it. And, and it's, this, it's 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 and it's the the function of this whole dire you know professional managerial class to close ranks and to uh, enforce these norms of civility in order to police the discourse. Even though everyone got mad at Bernie for being rude or whatever, but he had he. He did that because he realized and he he wanted to underline the absurd obscenity of focusing on, well, yes, we were illegally mining this country's harbor. We were funding this squad of psychopaths to rape and bomb their citizens at will. Uh, But these guys, they said mean things about us and you were there. Focusing on that is such an intentional like lobotomizing of yourself. Yeah, I'm going to take this issue and I'm going to intentionally uh, focus on the least important part of it in order specifically to obscure the broader reality, which is yeah. the U.S. was committing massive fucking war crimes as an effort to undermine uh, uh, this the government of this country. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not going to fucking answer your stupid fucking question about how I feel. How? Oh, no. The, oh, should I have left? And as soon if he if he played by the rules he would be on her terms the terms of yes. the, the the correctness of those people saying that thing at that rally and not raping nuns and blowing up fucking hospitals and he identified know, in that moment he identified his enemy yes yeah, and it, right, again yeah, uh, sorry to sorry to uh, mrs ember and alexander burns but like here is a paragraph in the article that you wrote quote contra atrocities appalled the american left but Mr. Ortega's forces were also implicated in grave human rights abuses, including the killing and forced relocation of civilians. Uh, that, that does not withstand even the barest scrutiny now or then yeah. at the time when any serious international observers or even the American State Department were unable to verify any of those claims. Yeah. At least, and whereas at the time, the Contras atrocities were extremely well documented because they were doing them. <laughs> yes, and we should and, shit knew what they were doing. And sorry, this is this was like I guess like the nut graph where she goes, uh, "Mr. Sanders' deep-rooted foreign policy values have the potential not only to earn him support from voters who have grown tired of overseas wars, but also make him vulnerable to attacks from rivals in both parties who are eager to depict him as too radical for the presidency." So it's, it's I mean, a horse race shot. Yeah, they're covering like a, the war crimes of the 1980s, not that long ago, through this horse race lens, which is you know deeply offensive, but also says. Uh, now, as he competes for the Democratic presidential nomination, Mr. Sanders' profound skepticism of American power appears to set him apart from other major candidates who have pledged to restore the country's traditionally assertive global role. So I say, good. If the other Democratic presidential nominees want to uh, assert America's traditionally fucking proactive stance in the world, then fucking let them do that and let them do it loudly and clearly now. Yeah. Also, that that is the that's the classic fake dichotomy that they always present where you're either this head in the sand isolationist or you are doing the global role as opposed i mean if we're going to fix or come close to ameliorating any of the the massive environmental crises that are currently racking the earth it's going to require american leadership if only because we're one of the largest economies in the world and one of the biggest fucking carbon emitters and we're going to have to have some sort of international framework for fixing any of this stuff also trade i mean creating like international standards for for uh, labor that are going to you know make it possible for people uh to to not uh, be hyper exploited uh, and, and to create like the cratering out of industrial bases in places like the midwest that's all going to require international cooperation the united states is by the nature of its size going to be a leader of that but that is not cruise missiles it's not fucking uh it's not insert it's not funding death squads 
uh, it's not invading countries. And that doesn't count as international cooperation. It doesn't count as diplomacy because that's it's not, not, that's not in the context. Assertive. It's not in the context of American empire. Well, the, that, that whole thing of like the global role thing, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of that for maybe the rest of our lifetimes because doesn't it seem to you in the past few years that the American empire is maybe more inept than ever, less feared? Well, I mean, if you look at like the, uh, we talked about it with Hassan, but the, you know, ham-fisted attempt to start a war with Iran has been yeah. you know, laughable. Venezuela yeah. has been oafish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we... And they couldn't, when they couldn't get Assad out, that yeah. was really the sign that like the old, years the ago, old magic was going few away. A few years ago, we would have fucking knocked all these guys off and half of them, we wouldn't have found out we did it until like 10 years later. We're basically yeah. a Pesci and Casino and they're like, it took them five shot, shots to knock them down. You used to be able to do it with one. Yeah. Take this Maduro and stuff it up your sister's <laughs> head. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, generally you would think it's a good thing if we're less deadly on the foreign stage. But my fear is that with any, uh, not less deadly, but less effective. Uh, but generally, like when an empire is less capable than it used to be. It's like an injured animal, you know, like just flail out in increasingly insane and suicidal ways, you know, like as, as they, yeah, as they lose their punch or whatever. Now the the scary thing is, if the liberal side of that is, Oh, we also, we also want to do that. We also want to lash out, but you know, smartly and speaking six languages. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, 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 Buttigieg or whatever, right. and Seth Moulton now who wants to have a national service program. Again, well, to be fair to fair to Moulton, I don't think he meant like like a. I think he meant like he didn't I don't, mean a I don't draft, know, people, but he meant yeah. serve the country in some way, right, you know, like, militarily or otherwise. Center, yeah, uh, and then you, again, you get a tax credit. You get a write off. Right. I mean, uh, it's the perfect. It's the most Seth Moulton it, yeah. program. It's the most which is funny to me because bullshit, it's it's, you know? it's what it's modeled after the Civilian Conservation Corps. It's not a bad program exactly. And what we actually do need is a federal jobs guarantee. Which uh, this is just a bad, dumb version of that. Right? Exactly. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's what you'll end up doing is you know building a public-private fucking uh, peloton. Is that the new spin class for rich people? Yeah. You'll build a public-private peloton studio, <laughs> yeah. and you'll get a tax credit for using it. Yeah, exactly. I do want to say one last thing about Bernie, though. This is not this whole foreign policy stuff. If it's going to be covered in a horse race lens, I'll give a horse race answer. It's not none of this is a liability for him because. That is not well. 80s foreign policy in Central America is not remotely a salient issue yeah. that anyone cares about. Uh, and what do you think would be worse? Uh, the, his responses to that interview uh, where he reaffirmed his position was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And took control of his own framing or someone groveling and apologizing right. mm-hmm. and, and like which which I imagine most of the Democratic field would do right. if they're in that position i mean the the thing is this portends well for him because it means that like established like sort of more establishment forces do uh, think that americans care a lot more about foreign policy than they actually do. i mean seriously like get out yeah. get your I mean, people don't care about foreign policy that's happening now they sure as shit don't care about stuff from 30 years ago do you ago. think any american knows what's going on <laughs> like, i mean if you yeah the, the likely He's more likely to get to lose a voter who heard of this, this story and got mad because they thought he didn't like the Nintendo game. Yeah. Damn. Then <laughs> 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 is like actually pissed about Daniel Ortega. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't be giving them ideas, but you really want to rad fuck him and just be like, yo, I heard he's trying to make Rick and Morty illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, w- okay. W- one last uh, hit on Bernie from the, the campaign trail. I really enjoyed it. Did you guys see uh, from earlier this week? All of the uh, like the wine mom lives going 
like absolutely insane because Bernie was photographed with that guy holding a piece of fried yeah. chicken. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like one of those things where like they think they're like, oh, oh, we got him. But like it's just another example of all these like rich white liberals just completely telling on themselves oh, yeah. like in hilarious ways. Because it's just like, wait, um, why is this picture offensive? And they can't answer that without completely telling on themselves. <laughs> you know, because it was like here's a guy who's like, you know, he was there to support his business and like wanted his picture taken. He's like, yeah, this is the food I sell and yeah. create. I'd it like lo- to people look to- delicious. It's like the Dave Chappelle bit about like, you know, racists and fried chicken. He's like, if you don't like fried chicken there's something wrong with you yeah. like who the fuck doesn't like fried chicken yeah. Oh, yeah. but like yeah they, they were so angry what about that they were, to just like hold up a clump like a clump fuck away just slap yeah. it no stop usually, promoting stereotypes yeah he yeah. was supposed to pick up just a clump of like beans and rice instead <laughs> oh, yeah. oh there's no stereotype behind this <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should we do plugs? Uh, yeah. Sure. Oh, we haven't talked about Biden yet. <laughs> boom! Boom! Cut <laughs> that, that is a fucking kill shot. Uh, Ooh, 375 headshot, it's pussy. too easy. It's too easy. If you live in the UK... We are not implying that we will want to headshot any person. <laughs> We're simply pointing out the similarities to my feats I accomplish in video games to the quickness of my one-liner. Uh, if you live in the UK and you want an evening of entertainment, an evening with the Chapos, there are still tickets available for our shows in Glasgow, Manchester, and we've added a second show in London. Some tickets of those are going to fast. the early show, yeah. Uh, is it the early show or the late show? It's the early show that there are tickets still available okay, for. And then uh, Glasgow in Scotland and Manchester in the north. Manchester. Uh, those tickets, you can find them at chapotraphouse.com slash tour. Just just click the image, and it's it's fine. It's fine. You'll figure it out. Yeah, you, you're smart people. Uh, and I, I, I do want to say one thing, though. I, I don't want to set a bad example for our audience, for our listeners here. Uh, if you come to our live show, uh, please do not be disruptive or, or give your commentary. <laughs> but I, I, I will say, unless you are a fellow podcaster, in which case you are a, a basically a veteran and a member of a protected class. Uh, also, uh, you know what? You can you can vape uh, wherever you want. Yeah, yeah, no, not, that's not a crime. Yeah. Not a crime. Uh, if you're from the, you know, sensation Blairite podcast, uh, Nigel Save Britain. We're not going to do you dirty. You you can yell whatever you want. You still podcast. I mean, if there was a British version of that show, the fucking title would at least make sense. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, like, they would do. Now we're talking. You they, fucking idiots. They would just do. They'd just do the reverse. They'd be like, you know, uh, you know, Nigel, Nigel, bless the UK, <laughs> Queen. They would the fuck pod. it up somehow. Yeah. Yeah. But, how dare they have a uh, podcast title that doesn't make sense? Signing off from the politics podcast, Chapo. Trap house. You know what, dude? You're honestly fucking pathetic. <laughs> you fucking, yo, Chris, you, yo, dog. I'm not like I feel betrayed, but I still love you, though. Yeah, this is why it's so crazy because I love you, dog. I got I got Chris Chris Wade tattooed on me. How fucking dumb do I look? Yeah. You know? I feel like a fucking pussy, dude. All right, sorry. I Cheers, had to be everybody. Said. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.